0: What's happening, guys? There's a lot of shit going on in the Gate 7 and international world this weekend, and we are pumped to talk to you about it. I'm joined here by Marcial and Costa. These are the most we've had in, uh, in a live in a little bit. How are you boys doing today?
1: Fine, fine, fine. I hope you're all doing fine, too.
2: Costa? Greetings from Kanyak Crete. Good to be back
0: in the motherland. Jealous, jealous, jealous. Boys and girls, we've got a show for you today. We will be opening the lines up uh, shortly. We've got a little bit of housekeeping, some announcements for you guys as well that we need to talk about. But before we get into all of that, those of you that are watching, it looks like there's about 30 of you in here already in the first couple seconds of the show. Uh, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button if you haven't already. This helps us continue to grow the community. There are big things happening here big things are happening you've seen it on socials we're going to talk about it help more people find us help us grow the red and white net this is the community that's open to everybody across the globe subtitles in Greek, Spanish, French, whatever language you need them in. They are available for all of our pre-recorded content and the live shows. Subtitles are available within 24 hours after the show. We are working on live subtitles, which is something hopefully Patreon will help us achieve. But there's a lot of things we're working on and we're excited to talk about that. Speaking of Patreon, boys and girls, Patreon went live literally two days ago, I think. And uh, some of you guys have already hopped on board. Support us on Patreon. A bunch of you asked us about supporting us over the last couple of years, almost three years now. Our third year birthday is coming up. Here's your chance to do so. We were always uncomfortable asking you guys for contributions if we didn't have something to give back. Some of you donated to us already on YouTube. We thank you for that 100%. I'm going to be reaching out to some of the people that donated on YouTube already. And this is now our way we can give back to you. So there's three tiers for Patreon. A dollar a month gets you entrance into our exclusive WhatsApp group where you can get a quick look at early data, early information before things we publish on socials. Uh, Everybody that joins, we shout you out on the website. You're going to be in a list on the website and a page as a contributor, as a patron, and, of course, on the live show. Speaking of, thank you to our first patrons that we have the information for. Uh, At Christos More on Twitter, uh, Christos Moraitis on Moraitis1 on Instagram, at Frilos New Jersey on Twitter, and at Tagaras007 on Twitter. Thank you guys for being the first patrons of the show. Like I said, there's more of you that have told me you are going to be in Patreon. Once you finish the process, I'll get you on here, and I think we're still waiting for a couple of people to share their social information. So thank you, guys. Um, There's also two more tiers besides the $1 tier. There's a $5 a month tier, which gets you at least two extra episodes a month. Those two extra episodes will be things, extra episodes that will not take away from our Libyakos content. Things like interviews outside of the realm of Libyakos and extra analysis, extra in-depth game analysis. Uh, Things like that, plus more ideas are going to come. And people in the $5 a month tier will get early access to the deep dives before the, the player gets announced because we've been publishing them right around when the players get announced. You'll get to see that beforehand and you'll get early access to interviews. Then lastly, the final tier is the $10 a month merchandise tier. We have pre-selected a piece of merchandise, which I'm still finishing the agreements for, uh, that you will get as part of that tier Moving forward, starting from next year, we're hoping to be able to give you a choice of what type of merchandise you would like to select. So those are the three tiers right now for Patreon. If you want to support and help us continue to evolve what we offer you in terms of content, please support us. Every piece of support is extremely important to us. So thank you all. Thank you to our first patrons. And thank you to those who are going to become patrons. Uh, another piece of information, boys and girls, earlier before the show, we saw the new forward for Libyakos, Ayub El-Kabi. The scouting report is live, so if you want to check out, learn a little bit more about the player, you can do so now. You can check it out on YouTube. Um, the uh, There's been a lot of media attention about this player, and we discussed whether or not he really is the next Youssef El-Arabi. So check it out. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us on social media. Uh, we will be doing, uh, I believe, Costa, correct me if I'm wrong, a pre-match for the Europa League match against Genk with the Belgian Football Podcast. Uh, I believe we're still scheduling that. Costa, is that is that still happening?
2: If we manage to align the schedules Hopefully, yeah. yes. hopefully, yes. Always, yes. Yeah.
0: So hopefully we can get a nice pre-match with the Belgian Football Podcast for you. Uh, we're pretty excited about working with them. Uh, I think we've had them on the show before, have we not, yep. with Antwerp? Yeah, we, yeah.
2: we talked to them yeah, before Antwerp.
0: That's right. And I remember that being a pretty good show. Um, uh, another, another quick housekeeping item for you guys before we get moving. Wildfire fundraisers. For those of you that are outside of Greece maybe and you want to help with the support for the, the repairs of the damage that have been called by the wildfires or the assistance in the support of the wildfires, AHEPA, the American Hellenic Educational Progressive Association, is hosting multiple fundraisers to provide wildfire, elite, wildfire relief for Greece. We are hosting a fundraiser here in Maryland. So if any of you are in the Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania area, this coming Saturday, there will be a huge fundraising event. Uh, it is we're gonna I, I will probably share it on our socials for anyone that's in the area, and IHEPA is also doing a merchandise drive. All proceeds are going to go for wildfire relief. IHEPA partners with multiple emergency service. Uh, uh, organizations, I guess I'll call them departments that are in Greece, the money goes directly to them to hire people to get more help to assist for wildfire relief. And we also provide money for families that have been affected by the wildfire. So if you are interested in providing wildfire relief, please let us know, check out the merchandise drive, which we will share on our socials. And Guys, I'm going to drop the link soon. Check out the chat. We're going to drop the link soon so you guys can join us. And if anybody wants to come live, don't feel like you have to. But if you want to, uh, then we can you know, have a little chat about things. But without further ado, let's get started. And there's been quite a few things going on before we get into the Europa League stuff. Departures, rumors, the big one, Oleg, waiting for the announcement from Russia. It's 6 million in cash plus an extra million and a half I believe in bonuses but all of this is going to be added to the transfer budget so that we can continue to sign some players and Oleg is out anybody have any feelings about that Costa Mar-
1: <sighs> we do have a lot of feelings about that I feel uh, first of all it's good news to make a, a sale like that uh, right. We've been waiting for sales like that since I don't remember uh, the last sale we've made that is up to five million. I was wondering that before going to the show, but. Mira las. Yeah, mira las. It's, it's yeah. years ago. Like, it's yeah. a very long time ago. Uh, and also, it's the timing looks good to me. Uh, the last season was probably enough for, like, probably make the season too much. I don't know the word exactly, but it stayed too much. He needed to leave. It ended up quite badly, I would say, because he had to leave the mission in Scotland. But I'm happy for him because, like, whole parts seems to be happy about that move. And that's something that is very rare with Olympiakos. Costa.
2: It's a weird one because, I mean, he, he had the bad luck that he's coming he's coming into Olympiacos at the time right after Timikas left. So from the beginning, it's like, okay, who's the Timikas replacement and you bring this guy in? Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was actually a January transfer, wasn't he? So it was – who was who was playing left back? Jolebas, I guess. Was was that
0: was that third season of Martins. That's he was right, supposed to so, be rotation, and he was the starter.
2: Yeah, so you know he had that bad luck coming in, and he was, I think, labeled wrongly by by a part of the fan base. But you know you look at it you look at it the last few weeks and how the story developed it's, it I, I said it's a strange one because about about a month ago, the media were reporting that he didn't want to go to to Russia because of his family ties to Ukraine. <laughs> and then, you know, two weeks later, he gets kicked out of training during the UK tour. He's sent back because he's been talking to Spartak and because he's allegedly agreed with them. So, you know, that whole, you know, going from a position where I'm not going to Russia because family issues, etc. To I'm going to Russia, they're offering me €2 million. Euro. It, you know, at the end of the day, though, it's, it's, as, it's as Marshall. Mentioned it's a good deal for the player, it's a good deal for the club. I, you know, it's hard to remember the last time we made so so much money from a transfer, so that's good. Uh, and you know, I don't think many Olibiagos fans will be too, I I don't mean this disrespectfully, but you you read the fan base, doesn't seem like a lot of Olibiagos fans are really going to miss him that much. Personally, I I appreciate what he gave to the club. He never uh he never faked, you know, he he gave everything that he could in, in every game. I think he was burnt out after uh, after a while as well. He was overused. He had no you know whether it was because Pedro Martins didn't like Leo Gutierrez or or whatever reason, you know, he played a lot of games uh for yeah. for the club and we'll remember him for the goal against Antwerp, the assists to Tiquinio against Fenner and, uh, and for, um, you know, killing Banathinaikos' title hopes last season with, with the win at home. So, you know, best of luck to him moving on. And, uh, well, that's pretty much all I have to say about Oleg.
0: Yeah, he did. We didn't have too many injury issues with him. He was there day in, day out, regardless what you have to say about his skill maybe. He was a soldier for the club. So. Yeah. Uh, that's what, at the very least, you can say that about him. And we got a lot more money than I ever expected. So, uh, Imagine pretty... like
1: you, you leave the club uh, with a, a late goal against Palmatinaikos as a legacy.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: For a, de- for a defender, I mean, I think it kind of erased the, the, the past months he had done on the field because, I don't know, it's a goal we will really remember. For sure.
0: The Ramon enthusiasts are here checking in. No, no Lambro guys, so the Ramon chat the Ramon chat isn't gonna Could, get can, anybody can I super. Just, upset.
2: Can I just say like just this isn't even like for shits and giggles, but how shit is
0: Ramon? <laughs>
1: I'm,
2: just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but like he's a foreign player too, he's taking up a foreign spot right now. Um yeah, sorry, just because I wasn't on the last show when you were having those giggles about him. But. Anyway, rumors about a left back coming in.
0: That's true. And we're going to get to the rumors of transfers coming in, but there's one more outgoing to cover, and that's Agibu Kamara. Looks like Agibu is going to be going on loan again to Atromitos. He, we had an offer from Charleroi. Am I pronouncing that correctly in Belgium? Charleroi. Charleroi. Oh, my goodness. My French accent is horrible. Marcial, you got to help me out here. Uh, but we said no to an offer from Charleroi for him. And it looks like we had multiple offers from other French teams as well that were interested. But he is going to be staying in Greece and going to uh, Tromidos. Cannot say I'm surprised he's going out on loan. Uh, I did mention Personally, a couple times on the show, although his defensive characteristics, like in that mid block, I could see being useful. I didn't see how he could be in a team that's looking to move possession and move the ball quickly. It's unfortunate. It is what it is. It's one of those cases. This is a young player. At one point, he was the next big thing coming out of our club. And now he's been on loan for a season and a half straight. So. Unfortunate. It's an unfortunate case, and I really hope that we can make something can happen with this player, or at the very least, we can find a club where he can restart his career, get a fee or a sell-on from him, because it's just a shame. How do you both feel about this? Uh, we'll start with Costa this time.
2: I think from the moment that we've signed Alexandropoulos, uh, it's kind of you know, all over for him because I think they have some some similar traits in terms of the ability to press high up the field. They're both fairly low centre of gravity. Well, though, hang on, no, I might be wrong about that. Excuse me. Alexandropoulos is one meter 86 if I read the stats correctly. I couldn't believe it, actually, when I read that. Neither could he, I. So like when you see him on the pitch, or at least from the TV, he doesn't look that big. But nope. okay, he's... He's twenty one, twenty two years old now. Maybe had a growth spurt the last couple of years. I have no idea. But um, they have similar traits, so I think the fact that they they bring in a Greek player on loan with a view to a permanent transfer, you know, I think that didn't bode well for him. I also thought the fact that he was away at Afcon and you know missing uh, missing a significant part of the preseason training wasn't that wasn't great for him. Um, but you know, when we did when we did the coach analysis when when martinez was announced you know i think you and i were talking about who are the players that that are out of favor or coming back from loan that could actually mm-hmm. have an opportunity under the new coach and and he was one of them but the truth is there're just too many players in that yep. position right now. Um, not to mention, you know, players like Kunde that, that aren't even training with the first team. You've got Madi Camara, we don't know what's happening with him. Uh, Bukalagis is still around. Imbom uh, Juan, Alexandropoulos just coming in as well. Ibora. And I always fancied him as more of a eight, like as a box-to-box player. And
1: yeah.
2: In the Norwich game, he was playing like a, like a ten kind of eight slash ten in that midfield, and as soon as I saw him like playing further forward, I thought nah it's not i don't I don't consider him in that position. I think Carvalho for me is ahead of
0: him, yes,
2: yeah right now, so okay, I understand he had a lot of offers outside Greece, and I think you alluded to it in in your introductory comments. The issue is. What happens with him in terms of potential profit? Uh, because I think his contract runs out 26, uh, if I'm correct. So, 25. Oh, sorry, uh, 25. Yeah, 25. I would say so, yeah, 25. So, he'll come back in the summer and then he'll have a year left on his contract. So, what do you do with him? Right. And how willing is he to renew if he gets back into the team? So, I think you hit the nail on the head too, man. Like a, prof, a player that came in with, with um, high hopes, let's say, and then just, you know, he's ended up being shipped off to Atromitos last yeah. season and, and this season. So, yeah. Bit of a weird
1: one.
0: Yeah, it is. But at the same time, like in the friendly, he also, with what I have seen from Diego Martinez's teams and what we've seen in the transition of the friendlies, right, of how we've played as a team, right, he doesn't move the ball fast enough, to me, to be somebody that he wants in his team. We're seeing our, our match tempo, even in the games we've played badly under Diego Martinez, our match tempo has increased almost double what it was last season. And that's just in these friendlies, like very noticeable changes with how we move the ball around. And that's been something he said he was focusing on, on the friendlies. And my one thing was, even though I thought that Agibu's nature and his ability to intercept the ball and make uh, opportunities for us on the counter or just by being able to win possession and being somebody that's very good in that type of play, he doesn't move the ball in open play as fast or as technically as I think players Diego Martinez is currently bringing in can do that like alexadropoulos even though he probably dribbles the ball a little bit too much in the midfield much like a fadiga or adabo currently he is good when he does do one two pass and move he's actually every moment i've seen him do it he's he's pretty good at it it's just can we get him to not want to hold the ball too long or on the other side agi bukamara who when he does do one two touch pass and move he can misplace the ball Errant passes within the five ten meter mark; those are those are things that I foresaw as the reason be, for him not being used. Um, that's just something I saw. And there's a comment here from Andreas Mitsis: big disappointment that Agibu might meet the same fate as Olaitan, even if Olaitan decline was due to health problems. Of course, however, Adorobinos has brought players to life before. Yeah, two completely different, um, two completely different situations there, but. I do see what you're saying, uh, Martial. Any more on the Agibu situation?
1: Well, I don't really understand how the club handled Agibu because the first season when he came, I have to remind you that it was his first professional season. Like he has ups and downs, very high ups for me, like the game in Turkey against Fenerbahce, for example. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you have that first season, you have to you, you had to played uh on the wing too yep. But the, the last season it was a waste. Like just remind just remember the number of players that have played in the midfield for Olympiacos during the season. Like you had Kasami, not needed. Kunde, right. not really needed in my in my opinion. Buhalakis, uh had that had to leave in January. And I'm not comparing players uh But I don't know. The the club just gave up on the best potential of the squad, like, because I don't really understand why. He did bad games. Like, I'm not debating that, but he went from starter to, like, uh, cut players, like, almost beat him player. And the way we handled that, like, refusing many offers from abroad. Refusing many offers from abroad to loan him to Atromitos for six months. I I don't really get it. And this this summer, we're doing the same situation, like refusing. Uh, I I remember at the beginning of the summer, uh, we had an offer from Vienna in Austria. And if you loan Agibu, even with an option of four or five million in a league like Austria, like Belgium, you know... uh, is is going to to make it like he's going to to perform very nicely You just need some place to develop like it can't be in Olympiakos. i get it but just don't loan him to Atromitos. right the good thing is he'll be, he will he will play he will be a starter he will have game on his feet and even if we if he don't come back to Olympiakos at the end of the loan probably he will have to be sold because you won't renew like I can't guarantee he won't renew at the club. There is no way he renew at Olympiakos to be sold later. Like it's not happening. So and Andrea's point the AfCons and the situation that is there is a this this season too. So maybe Olympiakos don't don't want to have a midfielder that would be missing one month of competition during the winter. Yeah. But it's maybe it's just my opinion, but we won't see a player like Hagibu coming to Olympiakos uh, anymore because it's very difficult to find players like this on the market. I'm not saying is a warranted starter for Olympiakos. Probably Martin's mistake was playing him over and over. Uh, maybe yeah. it was the club's holder to play him as much as possible to make a big sale. But potential like that aren't easy to find on the market they cost money and I will always remember that game in Finland because that night I really saw a player that could have been someone like Podence in terms of sale yeah but he's not a wasted talent he's wasted by the club but he's not wasted yet he's 22 and his loan in Atromitos was kind of good I watched his game the team around him wasn't that good but maybe during a full a full year of, of football with Atromitos, he can find his, his game again.
0: Yeah. Uh, and this comment from Aris Pan is is pretty spot on for me also. Without Agibu, we don't win our last title. Simple as that. The momentum gained from those two wins versus Balkan Ike, that came 100% thanks to him. That was crucial. Uh, somebody brought up the Fenerbahce uh, game earlier. Um, I think it was the first leg against Fenerbahce. He was... Um, he was yeah. great. It's just the mold of the player is just not, it, it's, a, it's a square piece in a circular hole, comparing oh. the system that we have now. That's the only problem, but I agree with you, Martial. Um, yeah, it's it, it really is on a little bit unfortunate. And, and I, in, yeah,
1: in the Belgian league, like, yeah. is he's made for that Belgian league. I, I was scrolling on Genk. Transfer markets page because I didn't knew all the players of the club. Yeah. Hagibu is the player that if you put him in gank or a club like that, even Charleroi, I know I, I know the, the city is shit. It's ugly as as fuck. But who cares? Like, I'm not sure Hagibu even cares about the city itself.
0: No, no offense to anybody that lives. In no, but that it's, part well of the show. it's well no, known. It's well known. No, yes,
2: offense. It's a shit hole. Sorry, it's such a horrible
1: price. But the fact is, even in France, man, I, I, just understand, I just don't understand why the club refuses so many foreign offers. That's my only question. Otherwise, the, 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 the problem would be solved like very quickly. Yeah. If the club would, will say, for example, we want to loan him in Atromitus to have a closer look to him in order to make him come back next summer but, but we know it's bullshit like you don't loan someone to Atromitos to have a closer look
0: yeah i don't buy
1: it uh, my opinion.
0: i maybe maybe there's an element of they don't want to sell him because maybe just in case something happens with the season maybe they can get you set him again next season i i don't know i couldn't tell you but I, i'm with both of you on on this case Um, Well, moving on, uh, that was really the two major departures that we wanted to cover today. Agibu going on loan and then, of course, the big Oleg sale, which is extremely important in terms of what we can afford for the transfer window. So speaking on transfers, little arrival update on the players that we now have officially signed. So at the time that we did our live show last season, or last season, good Lord, last week, uh, we had signed uh, Vicente Ibora, Kini, and Freire. And then since that show, we have now signed Jackson Poroso, the Ecuadorian center back, uh, Alex the midfielder from Sporting Lisbon, and now Ayub El-Kabi, literally just before, about an hour before the show, they announced him. We knew he was coming in over the weekend, but they just announced him. So that's uh, a total of, I mean, for first-team players, not including players we purchased and sent out on loan, uh, six players that we have brought in. There's also the winger from Maribor, uh, Ivan Brinic, uh, that is su- supposedly, Slovenian sources have said that the deal is basically done. Uh, he had a buyout clause of around $1.5 million. We were apparently trying to negotiate it down, maybe perhaps not to have to pay the full amount. And Maribor, because they had lost the, their striker who had led the season, in, or their leading stri- scorer, I should say, they had lost him. They didn't want to news- lose another one. So I guess, uh, you know, that's some pr- a lot of business has happened since August. We told you the business was going to happen in August, and so far, Cordon, Chef Cordon has not disappointed. He's cooking. Hashtag let him cook, boys. And uh, he kept me busy this week, at least. I didn't leave my office most nights when I was home. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed all the scouting reports. But a lot of business has been done this week. And we have two rumors, um, the first one being another center back from the same team that we signed Nicolas Freire from. This has been going nuts in Mexican sports media. Um, uh, I don't know exactly how reliable that is because we're already trying to figure out how to make space for all the foreigners we do have. Are we really going to bring in another foreigner? And then we have Sergi uh, Cardona from Las Palmas who supposedly we made a 2 million euro offer for. Uh, he's a left back as well. Two and a half million. I think that was according to Cozzi's at for So this is what the updated look is. We've got six new players in uh, that are all going to be on the European list for this upcoming qualifier and uh, a, a potentially a new winger coming out of uh, Slovenia. So, this time, Marcio, you get started. Uh, there's, there's a poll going on uh, right now asking if you think we're ready for Gank. Did we make enough signings? Do you see enough that has been done? I would
1: say yes. For this? Mm-hmm. I would say also, I'm not sure Gank is ready. Olympiacos and I'm not saying that because uh, we're we are a super team but they do not seem ready at all like they have a, tons of good players young players but the team itself doesn't look ready like they lost if I'm not correct this weekend in the league they they drew to serve it, like with one man up uh, so between the, those two teams I'm not sure with, we are the one not ready Uh Concerning the signing, I kind of like what I see until now because it's players I don't really know. I'm curious to see how they can uh, behave in that new uh, era of Olympiacos with Martinez. Uh, probably one friendly with all of them would have been uh, lovable to see like El Khabib even playing, I don't know, half, a, half an hour Poroso in defence. But it's qualifier's reality and we have no time to integrate those players. And I, I don't know. I have a tons of questions and I don't have really answers until now. But to answer the comment about Poroso and Palmer Brown, the, the issue is that Trois was a was probably one of the worst defense last season because the coach coach wanted to play uh, typical like city group tactic. I think it was three center backs and he had players that weren't used to play like that. But I do believe Poroso has much more potential. Like, I'm, it's difficult to say if, if it's better at the at the moment, but he has more potential. Like, if Martinez is able to develop him, to make him progress on some points, I think we do have a, a good defender on our hands but it's not coming like Semedo when he came you knew he was going to be the leader of the defense
2: Costa. yeah more general comment on the transfers uh, and before I do that actually I want to congratulate you for all the work that you've done yes. uh, making those deep dives and you know uh, shout out from me and probably on behalf of all the community Guys, Ari puts in a lot of work uh, and spends a lot of time to make those scouting reports, and they always come out right after uh, the players announced. Uh, some of you will have noticed. So, show some love, um, and yeah, just wanted to wanted to say that you can get early access to those as well if you become a Patreon member. Shameless plug. And now to the the meat on the bone, so the transfers. I think. I think we can safely kind of say that the transfers are, all of them until now, fairly low risk uh, and free. Yeah, we're we're talking about loans with option and free transfers. So we haven't spent money on transfer fees for any of these players so far. And I would agree with that general sentiment that they are... um, Low risk moves, but for the centre backs, because you know I think some some of you have asked in the comments starting lineup for uh, for Thursday's game against Genk. And honestly, I don't know what he's going to do at centre back. Everywhere else on the pitch, I can tell you who's going to play. Maybe there's a question mark in midfield over Kamara or inbomb the trio in midfield, does Carvalho start uh, as a 10? Does he play Camara and Juan? Never played in friendlies together. But at the back, Kinney. Kinney's going to play. I think he was solid when we saw him at left-back in all in all the friendlies he was involved. Uh, you He know, has some goal involvements too. Ibora, we know what we've signed there. We've signed experienced players that can come in and contribute from the get-go. No adaptation time, um, good signings in my book, and one year one year deals. Then, uh, Alexandropoulos, I won't. I won't go into that further. But but the centre backs, you don't have your stalwart leader at the back. It's like Freira, who played I think a season in in Holland for Zwolle. That's all the European experience he has. And then there's Poroso, who looks super, super exciting prospect. Like, amazing physical attributes. Um, fast, can get up and down the field. But I don't know. like I don't know what he's going to start on Thursday. I think there's talk that it's probably going to be Freire and Rezos. But again, like those those two players never played in any friendlies. So that's those are the two if I have any qualms, let's say, with our transfer policy so far, I would have liked to have signed a centre back with some gravitas. Someone with a reputation, someone with experience, somebody that can come in and stamp the authority and say, Look, I'm gonna leave this backline. Cause we don't have that. Uh, and that's the only that's the only part of the transfer strategy so far where i think we haven't quite been able to get what we really needed and that's not you know that's not to not to say that Perozo might end up being absolutely amazing for us huh? right um the, the scout report that you did is super interesting um if anyone hasn't seen that go and check that out um yeah, that, that's pretty much what I have to say about the transfers that we've that we've made so far, and we can talk about the other rumors after.
0: The um, uh, first, I want thank you, Costa, and I also want to thank uh, a couple of guys showing me some love. Thank you, uh, Alexander Sism and Ben DeRosia. Uh, I also got some wellness checks from people last weekend over the weekend, making sure I wasn't burning myself out. So I appreciate all of you for that. But there's a couple questions here that um, I think we should address. Uh, first is from Zigual. My question is, why do we go and sign all of these bets, in quotations, from abroad without considering similar value Greek players? And the answer to that is, Zigual, have you noticed, first of all, the early signings that Diego Martinez has made? he And, and this goes for Cordon as well. They have been signing players that they are familiar with first. Uh, some, a lot of these players they've interacted with. In fact, Gordon knows Perozo from his time when he was sporting director at Ecuador. Just, just some context for you guys there. It is not unusual when a new coach comes in, especially in a situation like Olympiacos is in, like the, the club is in, chaotic, uh, a club that demands results, demands action. Coaches are going to go with who they trust, who they are familiar with, and in, in in many cases we see them trust more veteran players. And it doesn't surprise me that he's going to trust people that that he has coached in the past. That's short term. That's why that's that's why that has happened. Do I agree with some the, some of the players? Do I wish maybe he's gone for some similar Greek talent? Of course I do, but this is this is just the reality. A uh, question here from Aris Galamatis. Can we hear why Poroso has more potential than Doi? I don't think anybody said Poroso had more potential than Doi, but he's a player that the coach and the sporting director are familiar with. And two, also for me, Doi, even last season, we kind of talked about what he is good and what he isn't good about in, in terms of his defense. and 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 in the friendlies, if you go based on just purely how his performances were in the friendlies, I'm not going to say he was amazing because I don't think he was. He played a little bit as center mid. He can play both. He'll probably be kept as a versatile option. I don't know what's going to happen with a, with, with Doy. I, I don't, I really don't know. It A lot of, there's going to be plenty of competition, but one thing I can tell you guys, and if you've been watching the deep dives, the scouting reports, you're going to notice two trends with Diego Martinez, right? The first trend is he's bringing in players with specific mentality, right? He, he's looking for mentality, fighters' mentalities, people that are willing to, to put everything on the pitch, train very hard. That is one thing. The, the, the second thing is Diego Martinez wants diverse skill sets. He likes to play different types of schemes in different situations. We've seen a couple of, in the friendlies, 2 I'll say there are two schemes that we've seen the most. But this is the type of coach he is. And every person that we brought in, the skill sets are not exactly the same. We're looking at some not even similar profiles, but a lot of people with unique skills, right? Um, I try to compare players to other players to show how different some of these players are. Like Usain Uba offers different things than... Um, Poroso does. Doi offers different things than Ba. Doi offers different things than Poroso. Freire is similar. Ibora in the midfield, similar. Rezzos has actually been pretty good in friendlies. We have a lot of different skill sets in these different positions, and that what that's what Diego Martinez wants. So focus on that. What we will see, uh, I, I get the concern from everybody about the Greek players, and I I do understand that, but this year, The coach is going to go with the players he's seen doing the best in training and who he trusts the most. And we can't ask more for that right now. Things go well this season moving forward. I think we can put the magnifying glass on that a little bit more, but right now we've got to do what's going to, we've got to do what's going to work and succeed. Marcial, go ahead. The first
1: thing I wanted to say is, uh, does enjoy season last season was as good as we think, or it's biased by the fact the season was a complex complete shit show that we were happy to see a young player for the club playing with the first team. Right, uh, that's my first point, and the second one is I really want to see Rechos playing with uh, not good defender, but someone that is not. Uh, shaky or not injury prone or not mistake prone because last season the the defense like changed every month maybe you had Socrates now we, we started with Manolas Socrates then Manolas left then Socrates was supposed to be the leader then Cisse came back then Ba came back then Endoi popped in the the first team so you can't uh, build the defense. With, with uh, such instability, but Retos, if he's able not to injure himself, uh, I think I, I'm I, I'm pretty sure it will be, if not the main choice, the main choice, one of the main choices of Martinez for the defense because he, he knows how to play with the ball and probably we were lacking that in the team, and I'm not expecting Andoy. To play that much in defense i might be wrong i don't i can't predict the future but i'm not very enthusiastic to see endoy being a central defender with Olympiacos. like maybe right. in the midfield being a six like more aggressive maybe uh to do what samaseku did last season maybe better than that he has a place to claim in that position but in defense i'm not sure we can do what he did last season because every time we played against a bigger team or a big team, he was not in trouble, but he, you, you, you could see the, the point he has to improve in his game to be a centre-back, in my
0: opinion. There's uh, a lot of discussion I'm seeing in chat yes. right now about not just the cash that we're not spending, uh, but not spending on Greek. Greek football players, but just in general, the types of moves that were that are being made uh, one the One comment in particular that's encompassing this: uh, I cannot believe that with one one and a half million you can't find promising players from Greek teams the first there, there's two things that I think we need to reiterate in case you guys haven't been aware of the conversations that we've had before about this. The first thing is, the club is under serious financial pressure this summer, we have major FFP concerns. We had a huge deadline on July, which we made it through. We weren't one of the clubs that were punished under FFP. There's another one coming in October. We are under scrutiny. Three straight years of losses. Our club president has put eight figures in terms of millions of Euro into the club to cover losses, okay? That is not something that FFP looks kindly upon when it comes to clubs like us. Manchester City, PSG, some of those clubs can get away with murder. We cannot. So everything we're doing this summer is adhering to some of these very strict rules. And don't forget, I brought this up every show I've been on. This summer, this year, this season, our club cannot spend more than 90% of the revenues we bring in on wages, employee benefit expense. That includes backroom staff, by the way. So our club is being very careful because we've had losses. And if we have more losses or we overspend again, we'll be in trouble. That, that means we could make even less signings in Europe. So all of these deals being done, loans loans with buyouts. Everything we're doing is pushing the expenditure to next year, hoping that we do decently in Europe and we get more money or we make player sales Mm -hmm. so that we can revisit this next year. So all I can tell you guys is just get used to it. We have to sell. We sold Oleg. now we can have a little bit of a transfer budget, but unless we make more sales, we can't spend more money. That's just how it is. We have to deal with that. You have to accept that. This is our reality this summer. Maybe we can bring more players in in the winter, but you can't do that until you secure Europe. If we secure Europa League, we can add to our, we can prospect or what's the word I'm looking for. Um, Oh my goodness. You can speculate in addition of for us. I think it would be 15 or 16 million euros. We can add that to our revenue, which then we can use to either bring more players in, you know, the first week of September or in the winter window. But until that happens, we have to sell more players. So, considering the restrictions that we have, guys, and the player pools we have access to, and what Olivia Kos has to offer some of these other players, we've made some pretty frugal and pretty practical signings. That's how I feel about them. Costa, Marcial, are you in agreement with that? I feel like you are, but I, I could be wrong. Are no, you right? You're that right. this is yeah. just how it is, so you have to remember that. And every, credit every to cl- Cordon,
1: yeah. Heavy club uh postponed deals to the next summer. Like when Mbappe, I remember when Mbappe uh, went to Paris, it was a loan with a mandatory option for the next summer, like just to balance books for the next summer. And that's yeah. why we got caught with Onyekuru last summer, like we paid five million straight for someone that wasn't playing in Monaco. And probably this summer, we went back to the Turkish way of doing things like loans with options. And then at the end of it, you decide if you want to activate them, like maybe negotiate them on a lower basis, right? And like Porto did with Cebedo for example. And it's, it's uh, probably an evolution we needed to, to have.
0: Right. Um, uh, there's a comment here from Nick Raptis. If we don't have enough money, then why not use players like Kitsos, Leidner, yeah. Agibu, Bach, Ba, or Doi uh, at CDM the last and current season? Uh, well, current season, Doran Leidner's hurt. He had uh, ACL surgery. So he's not going to be available after rehab. He wouldn't be available until probably winter at the earliest anyway. So that's one. Kitsos, that's an unfortunate case. We still don't know what the what the fee was to move him to Volos, um, but that probably had more to do with FFP as well. Making a sale that meant certain things. He's a sellable asset. It is really unfortunate. We all agree, but it that that's probably the case with that Agibu. He doesn't fit the system. We told you um, last year. The the different coaches that came in didn't rate him. Another we were kind of already discussed that the unfortunate uh, Agustin Ba. I don't think his permit. Did we ever get any news whether or not his work permit went through? I don't think it has yet. I don't. He's know.
2: training with the first team.
0: He is training with the first team. Okay. Yeah. So Agibu or Agibu, sorry, Agustin Ba had a work permit issue, which is why he wasn't part of the training in the team earlier. But he is training with the first team now. Thank you, Costa. Galo don't oh go
2: confuse, ahead. Don't confuse residence permit with visa.
0: Residence permit
2: residence permit is why he came back from youth Afghan. That's dealt with. Now he has to deal with the visa issue. But I know that he's training with the first team.
0: Thank you. Uh and then Kalo Technically, his contract ended this past July first. So don't know Uh, yeah
2: Yeah, can I just say something
0: Um, when it
2: comes to I mean all these players named here they're under 22 I guess Um, so before or even when Martinez came in beginning of the summer we were talking about Babis Costulas um, Christos Muzakitis. Yep. These gems that we have in the academy and that they would go to a pre-season with the team. And this this was for sure. Yeah, th- this is how it was presented. Um, Jose Inigo was talking about them at the end of last season. There was a lot of hype around these two players in particular from the academy. Crickets now. No one's saying anything about them. Nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, Babis Costolas, um didn't travel to Austria because apparently he got injured right before the right before the team flew uh, to, to head out to Austria. and um, Muzakidis apparently had an injury at the end of last season that, that kept, him, kept him out of training uh, when the first team regrouped. So why am I saying all of this? It's clear to me that the new hierarchy, the Spaniards, they understand that there's no room for error and there's no room for much experimenting. Particularly when you're talking about a 16-year-old striker, and a, I think again, Wasaquib like, is either 16 or 17. Yep. I think he's he's older than he's one year older than than Costulas. So that's I think I think it's a conscious decision of the management that we don't have the time to experiment and build around these young players, and sadly, that is just how Olympiacos is, um, particularly in this kind of situation now when we're coming out of a shit show season and we're trying to rebuild um, our reputation included on a European scale. Cause I think our reputation did take a hit this past season. Um, so I, I think, again, my point is, I think it's a conscious decision that players yeah. like Kitsos was given away on a free transfer with a buyback option that yeah. Costulas isn't being talked about anymore that this isn't being talked about anymore um, and, and you see it in the transfer moves as well the first transfers that were made there are all 33 plus players and you know some of you in the in the comments are going off and saying yeah but there's one year deals and then after a year it's back to square one no it's not because you know they signed Alexandropoulos, who can play further back or you know you, you, some of the fan base you, you guys have got to decide what you want. As well, sorry if I'm sounding like a prick, but when we sign a player that's above 33, he's too old. When we sign a player that's 21 or 22, oh, he's too young. So, like, what do you want? All right, you can't attract top top players in their peak at 26, 28, whatever it is, to come and right. play in Greece. You can either buy experienced players like any botter, like a kinney that can come in and you know be role players, and you can sign some. You know gems that you have to scout, you have to look really hard to find them. I didn't know about this um uh, guy, the Croatian that plays for maribor. We'll talk about him later,
0: yeah, and there there's questions also about like f f p um another one from uh Adi's asking how kitos affects f f p versus the waste of Marcelo, Versalico, and James from last year, the, I, I think you misunderstood the effect on the FFP I'm talking about. Quitos's effect on the FFP was not negative. It's not about his wage or that he was like taking away. It's about what his sale or what his offloading means for the club to fix the books because you're right. Versalico, Marcelo, and James, those wages killed us. Even though we didn't pay them the entire year, even though Versalico left at one point, even though Marcelo was gone, and James also didn't stay the full season, that impacted us very, 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 very negatively. And the sales or the or say the transfer of Kotsis in the manner that we did, all of these things were done so that the books could balance properly by the deadline in July that's why this was all done so that we could adhere to the new policy so it's uh i i understand all of your frustration i i get it i i get it and if this were any other season um i i would also say that listen i want more greeks to to play but but now but if understanding what this coach is coming into. I get why he's doing the way he's, I get what he's doing and why he's doing it. We'll say now, if it does or doesn't work, we can say, I told you so it's, um, it's unfortunate. Now, if there's success this year and we have another summer next year to build, then I think we have much more of a leg to stand on when we say, look, guys, we have to do bring in more B team players. We have to bring in, try and help the, the system move. But this this year, it's about turning the ship and writing the ship. It's not the coach is not thinking about developing our talent from the academy. Marcial, uh, did you have something?
1: Yeah, because I'm saying comments about the the academy, the B team and stuff and I wanted to say two things like, in fact, three things. The first thing is, Under-19 is going to play, going to play the youth league for the first time since uh, years and if I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong sorry, the last generation that played it was Antruchos, Mandatis Simikas. like all of them played the youth league at the same time and the, the best way to stopping making bets on the market is developing your own uh, product if i can say that and the youth league is way better for the under 19 uh than playing in the super league two and f- concerning the b team know that uh, if bagasa came back to lead the team i have better hopes for the next season because i know that he's a real coach we saw that when he came back last season and Maybe some players uh, that were champion last season with under-19 will uh, continue uh, improving with Ibagasa because Ibagasa also speaks the same language as uh, Martinez. Right. I, I don't, I'm not saying it's the, the key factor there, but I went to see the B team once uh, in May last, last season and you know that Ibagasa is a world coach. He could have been the first team coach last season for me but he will be a first team coach very soon like it's it's like when pablo garcia took over Park. he knows uh how to handle players he knows the club knows the reality his son is playing with uh, the b team too and i was very pleased from what i saw and the last thing i wanted to say is i've i've seen comments about uh, making more deals on the greek market and I don't disagree with that because we all remember Masuras coming on a small fee from Panyonios, and it turned out to be it turned out to be a very good signing. But the, the only team that those that know seems to be Aik, because they took like von Witt to Volos, they took Fernandez to Volos. But the thing is when you get to the point that you have ambitions, who will, who will be the player that will be cut? It's player from the Greek market because one Vietnam no, Ponce came is is going to leave. Uh, Fernandez is injured, but if you sign Pineda for seven million, you're going to sideline Fernandez. And they don't produce Greek players either. Either like Panathinaikos, Hike, just name me one academy player that will play this season. Like Vianidis might be the only one out of those two teams. So even with even if the situation in the Olympiacos looks scary i'm not I'm, I don't think we have to be worried about that. The only team right. that works nicely for me is Pauk. but with Luchescu going for the fifth season, I would say uh, I'm not very optimistic for them
0: a uh, comment here from Adi Spahn about the uh the academy situation. He says, "Guys, I don't want to burst your bubble, but the academy, at least until very recently, did a dreadful job at producing talent. Absolutely dreadful. Maybe the last batch of U18s can change that. Um, we have to say that since Anigo came, things seem like they're starting to turn around with the academies. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, again, I think I think at this point we're kind of beating the dead horse. We." This season, don't expect a lot in terms of the development front, right? With the players that are the probably the most ready, like Algasin Ba, who looked great when he was healthy in second division last year, he'll probably get some looks. Uh, you know, We'll see what kind of playing time Alexandropoulos gets, but don't expect us this season to care at all about the development of players because this season is about returning the ship back to where it used to be. So... I think that's just something we have to settle for. Does it suck? Yes. Do we all want to see Greek players? Olympiakos have more Greek players. Yes, of course we do. But yeah. right now, the coach is going to go with who he's more comfortable with. He's not going to be going with academy prospects in a country he doesn't know that he's never seen before. That's just that's just the reality. It's you unfortunate, can... but it's the reality. It is yeah. what it is. So you I...
1: yeah, you don't need to have like ten wonder kids at the same time. If you can right. produce. Uh, one Solakis one endoi right. then it's okay exactly. Solakis goalkeeper is a very difficult position like I'm okay with Olympiacos having probably Solakis Retzos, Endoi, Vrusai and Androutsos in the squad like all of them have different roles different potential but the academy is there to produce like big sales uh, rotation player Useful player. I don't know. Yes.
0: No, and and you're right. We're expecting too
1: much from an academy, I would say. You're
0: right. I I think you're right. And we had, uh, God, was it a year ago now, Costa? We had um, a a good friend of mine. uh, His name is Perry. And he used to work for Sigma Sigma FC in Canada. Uh, an academy in Canada that's produced talents like Alfonso Davies, Kyle Lahren. Uh, some of the biggest names in Canadian football have come out of there. And he, and he said something very similar about like, you know, not every name is going to come out. You have players that are just never going to hit that, that level. But you get these situations where, look, this guy, he talked about like Siopis going and, and playing in Turkey and succeeding in Turkey. Like that's a win for him. You know what I mean? As far as the academy is concerned. Forget about business side of Olibyakos And But these are the types of things that uh, that he was talking about. So I, I think he would agree with you, and I agree with you also, Marcial, in, in that respect. Um, uh, but, uh, Costa, before we kind of go on to, like, the gank discussion, uh, you said you wanted to talk about the Slovenian. The Croatian. Oh, sorry, the Croatian comes from, coming from from, Slovenia, Slovenia. Coming from Maribor. Sorry, from Slovenia. My apologies. Yes, the Croatian coming from Slovenian club Maribor. Yeah, so
2: I think this is, besides Sergi Cardona, who's been, who's been rumored as a potential left-back signing, Ivan Burnic has been in the press the last couple of days. I think it was revealed yesterday in the Slovenian media that we're talking to him. He has a buyout of $1.5 around one and a half million euros. And anyone who's looked at some quick quick YouTube videos, stats, this is a player that played around 44 games last season, scored eight goals, 13 assists. Um, they played, I think, Conference League last season. He started the season well. This season, five appearances, two goals, two assists. He's 21. He turns 22, I think, the back end of August. And he looks exciting. Um, I don't know if that just I don't know if that's because we haven't seen a winger, like a pure winger, play for this club in in I feel like so long, like since Daniel Pedenza left. Um and as soon as you watch some tape, you just see a, a player with a low centre of gravity that gets the ball at his feet, and the first thing he does is he runs at people. Um, and you know we haven't looked at we haven't done enough analysis on the player um right. deep dive pending if and when he signs but he looks very very exciting it looks like this could be an astute bit of business it would be the first transfer fee that we pay this season this is a, a young player with a low transfer fee that you know this could explode if he right. turns out to be Anything as good as I think he can be, then this is a player that you bring in for one million and you sell him for double, like you sell him for 10 in one or two seasons' time. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't care if it's Brinish to be perfectly clear, but we need, for the love of God, we need a winger that can get the ball on the byline and run at the defenders because we're just, too predictable out on the yeah. wings, um, right now. So, Slovenian reports again now are saying that this is close to being done. Um, so let's keep an
0: eye on that one. Sparos saying that uh, it wasn't us that bullied Kennedy, it was definitely Lambro that <laughs> bullied Kennedy <laughs> and the deal collapsed. Guys, did you see his uh, Instagram pictures? The dude was fat. He looked as fat as Marcelo did. So there's he, a reason he, in, why he failed his medical.
1: He looked, like, he looked like someone that would have ended up in uh, the Portuguese coach Instagram saying like, look who's got fitter minus five kilos with a picture on Instagram. Like like he did with Ronnie Lopez and all the player that came before. Yeah, but exactly. Coming back to the um, creation guy uh host Whos the club working on that like I mean, who discovered that player? Does it mean we're walking with scouts we're walking with data i don 't know because it's not a market we go into really often if i'm not correct I'm not wrong. but
2: we were looking at their striker too, the yeah. one that ended up in Bordeaux because he was oh, on, exactly. he was on the lists and Maribor has done quite well in Europe the last couple of seasons or like they've yeah they they've um, they've picked up a few like bigger scalps you know for the size of their team at least so you think Maribor and you think okay but they've got some decent results in Europe the last couple of seasons
0: yeah that's that's 100% true somebody but,
2: but it's funny though you look at his market value it's like 800
0: k yeah i, I wonder think...
1: why it's so slow, so low
0: yeah. Are you guys like you guys just confident I, about this comment? I, I, I
2: like this. As long as he's not signing for anyone from Brentford, then I think there's I think there's a chance.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the comment says for, for anyone that's not watching the video, Carlos will be here in a month. I still have faith. Valencia made an offer for or no transfer fee, only bonuses. We can do it. We'll see. We'll see. I would love God, I would love to see him back, man.
1: You know what's funny? Uh, I went on Transfermarkt to see how many Croatians played for Olympiacos. And the one that played most equal was Vrsoco. Nine games. <laughs> and it, the other one was the, the one you spoke about on Twitter. I can't remember the you name. Know. No, he played... nine. You know. Yeah, maybe. No, the, the one that got subbed uh, against Liverpool.
2: Oh, fuck. Rezic.
1: Yeah, nine games too. Otherwise, oh, wow. it's it's Do uh, you Remember that guy? Yeah. Left back. Yeah. And yeah, the, yeah. the the goalkeeper that never played, but he's doing a great career. I went to Perfos after. It's yeah. not a country that do that did amazing things with Olympiacos. Unfortunately.
2: But before we move away from rumors. Can we address the Mike James? I know you guys are not basketball people, but <laughs> the Mike James rumors. Oh my god! Like I heard about this on Thursday, Friday. Switching over to basketball for five minutes. Thursday, Friday, people start sending me messages. They're like, "Mike James is signing for Real this weekend." It's like, are you fucking crazy? There's no way this is happening. Yeah, so Mike James, one of the best shooting guards in Europe. Anyway, so anyone that's been on social media, all of you, most of you, this weekend will have seen, like, have soon, soon, hold, like you know, Mel Gibson holding a bloody sword. Hold, hold, it's coming. But <laughs> Diamadopoulos put out an article, and he went there. He's like, the Diagos is looking at Mike James. And Panfanagos is looking at Tyler Dorsey, and all shit broke loose. And then the club came out and they made a statement saying, Olibiagos doesn't engage with players that are under contract. The contract, yeah. They didn't say, they didn't refute or deny the Mike James rumor. They just said, <laughs> we do not engage with players that are under contract. So this is still bubbling away at the surface. Everyone saying that the club's agreed with the player, that the players talked to Thomas Walkup, that Thomas Walkup's talked to Bardokas and told Bardokas coach, like, it's all good, like, he'll fit the system, he'll, he's ready, he's mature. Mike James has talked to the coach. These, these are all the rumors. Um, and now there's a funny one, there's a picture that surfaced on the internet, and it's a picture of one of the presidents, Yorgos Aguilopoulos, in Naxos, and it's been posted by Femis Sinanoglu, who's one of the editors at FOSS, does a lot of those great interviews that they put uh, in the paper. And it's a picture of a famous Olympiakos fan in Naxos with Yorko Angelopoulos. And Themis um, is saying that the guy that took the picture with, with one of the presidents said, the president asked him, are you going to ask me the question? The question that's on everyone's lips he's insinuating Mike James and the answer was patience, patience, patience. So, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, please don't ask me whether this is true or not, but you know, there's a saying in Greek where there's smoke, there's fire. So I would, I would love to see this happen. And we just need that kind of player when, you know, when shit gets stuck. So give the ball to Mike James and let him do his thing so yeah there was no way that we were doing a pod today and not talking about that so i just wanted to address that real quick
0: yeah and see the thing is like i I mean i haven't followed mike james on twitter very long but he's usually quite vocal um when it comes to like fake rumors and stuff and he hasn't said a thing about it so that took to twitter yesterday
2: Yeah. He he commented on some NBA stuff yesterday. Yeah, that's it. So hang on on a minute, mate. There's like, there's loads of stuff being said about you and you're, you know, quote, commenting on some, you
0: know. NBA stuff.
2: Some NBA stuff, but it's like, you're not saying anything about this. And this is a player that's also said like, I want Olympiacos to lose all the time because I hate their fans. Like, he said shit like that. He said shit about Bantanacos as well. Like, I don't put, put all that stuff aside, like things change in sports and people say shit, stupid shit. If we can get Mike James, bomb. Biggest bomb in European basketball this season,
0: by far, by far. Absolutely. Um, well, back on the football train, we're, we've gone actually over an hour. I can't believe an hour has gone already. And uh, we haven't touched on much on Genk at all. Uh, I know uh, we told you guys before. If, if we can get the schedules to match up with the Belgian football, co- uh, my God, Belgian football podcast, we will get some insight from them about Gank and what they can offer. But we did, um, we do have a little bit, some numbers, some analysis about the club that we can talk to you guys about uh, with with Gank. I know uh, we were all surprised to see Servette progress at Gank's expense. I wasn't expecting it. Um, especially with everything Lombro told us about how much Sir <laughs> sucked. I expected, I expected utter domination, but that wasn't the case. Um, <laughs> so we're playing against Gank, and I watched the first game live. I watched some replays of the second game, and I looked at some of the data, and they didn't look great in the first leg they looked better in the second leg they also lost their first league game i believe it was um against uh who was it you you upen or something like that they lost
2: they lost to Erpen today
0: Erpen, that was it was yes
2: it today or yesterday
0: 1-0 one nothing so they've lost their, they haven't won a competitive match and they've played 3 so far they haven't won one yet and it's not necessarily because they're a god-awful team their underlying their underlying stats are actually pretty good they in terms of possession in terms of opportunity creation against Servette over two leg their total xg was 6.3 versus Servette's was
2: 2.85 but they had something like 10 shots on target 15 shots in total in the second
0: the second game i think i saw uh, that is true. They did have in the second game, but they had uh, like, if we're, they had eight big scoring chances and, and four of them came in the first game. So they, they, they make, they make scoring chances. They do. They, they also, in terms of their, their overall ball possession, it was like, if you average it over both legs, it was, it was over 60%. They move the ball that uh, I was looking at how they move the ball on the wings. It's not bad. These guys just can't finish. They can't finish and they are they are pretty suspect defensively. Uh the Urpin team that they played against and lost one nothing. It the the total xg against was 0. 0.27 and they lost one nothing. It it was so bad. So so sad, but it's it's not that they it's not that these guys can't make opportunities. They do. They just have they just they can't finish. And my My, what I'm telling the fans is because I want you, I want you guys to be prepared because I don't want us going into this game thinking, oh, this team sucks. They lost to Servette. Uh, this, you know, this is going to be uh, an easy qualification because I don't think it is. All it takes is for them to finish one or two of these chances that they missed in their, in their two legs against Servette. And next thing you know, we're already trying to, to compete against, um, uh, conference, you know, for conference league. It, it It's, it's crazy. I mean, these guys had like in this game against UPenn, um I'm pulling up the, the Y scout. I had it up earlier, but I mean, they had like double, they had well over double digit shots. I mean, this was, this is crazy that they missed all of these opportunities and then conceded against a team that had a total of 0.27 XG. It's absurd. 27 shots costa 27 shots 2.07 xg to 0.27 and they lost one nothing that is absurdity that's like a really bad FIFA match when you're online dominating the guy you're playing against and then he gets this like annoying deflection type of goal and that's what they score against so like I don't know I don't know man I don't think I, I don't think this is going to be an easy easy, easy match for us at all. I think this, we're going to have our hands full. Uh, especially we, you look at the, the squad list, you look at who's available. We already talked about, we had concerns about some players maybe getting a little bit too far forward. A, for example, is one of them. We, we don't look amazing so far on the wings midfield. Um, God forbid. Also, something happened to Youssef El Arabi. We've talked about that a lot. Maybe now with with Kabi, who knows if we can integrate him in time. <laughs> I'm I'm nervous, man. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really nervous. More nervous than I was at least a couple weeks ago. But I'm nervous. Martial, you're, you're muted. You,
1: sorry, sorry. Isn't it the perfect opposite draw we could have? Like, come if I, if you take a look at how the club is run the transfer pol- policy transfer oh, the the way they play like Genk is like the anti olympiakos like only young players in the squad uh i mean it's i don't i'm kind of scared to play this team because i am expecting very fast wingers lots of technique quality uh apart from the strikers they have that reminds me a little bit of piero like it's mm-hmm. better but it's the he's a very powerful striker that came to france to play in league two in the past uh but i don't know it smells uh masuras masterclass for me i don't know why but <laughs> the kind of game masuras is able to win like like he did in fenabache she like the the Remind, you, do you remember the goal he scored against? I think it was Bashak Seir, the header he had, the first Valbuenas assist with Olympiacos. I'm expecting a situation like that, like not even a big occasion, but Masuda's being able to score out of nowhere. Small victory, but also at the same time, I'm very
0: scared. Who wants to tell Yoros Mustagas?
2: deadline um, we have until Tuesday we can make changes to the squad Uh, actually we submitted a 23 player Mm -hmm. squad and we have a possibility to add two players and change players so that's something Mm -hmm. to keep in mind for Tuesday I don't know if the the winger and the left back are going to be signed by then let's see um, so, Tuesday Tuesday night, we have uh, that's the next deadline. Um, answering on this question about how I feel about the draw and the game, I am also very nervous. I think it's normal going into the first game of the season, first official game. You know, everyone's talking about the fact that their league started, they've played qualifiers already, they're, they're theoretically more prepared. Fitness wise, like match fitness wise. But I think nerves are good. I think that, you know, we all falsely believed that Servette was going to be the one that would pop up because, you know, Genk is a team that has a market value of above 100 million euros. So something like 130, I think, last I checked. And ours is around 80, just to compare the two. So I think. I think that the players will be more awake. I don't think, you know, you go into a game against Genk and you think, okay, this is a team from a, like it or not, guys, superior league. Yeah. Superior league than ours. They're all, like Marshall said, young profiles, fast, fit, athletic players.
1: Five players over 25 in the squad.
2: Yeah. Yeah um the the one thing i will say in terms of you know maybe maybe some good news if we're looking for some good news when we played against norzeland during the friendlies that's a similar kind of team young athletic fast and out of all the friendlies that we played like in austria i thought that was the one where i thought we're going to struggle mm-hmm. like they're going to expose us because of those physical traits but they didn't i was pleasantly surprised that the first half in particular how we handled that like we looked really well organized and we dealt with those traits so you know that's something positive for me but you know what am i looking at as potential areas of weakness for us in that in that game first thing is Marshall mentioned the striker; he's very good in the air, and Aretes isn't that good in the air. Uh, and then you know, Fryer is an unknown quality, unknown quantity for me. And it's you know, it can't be Aretes Doi partnership at the back. No, physically no. they will be exposed mm-hmm. against this team. Um, so that worries me. Uh, somewhat you've got Ibora covering the holes. His experience I think will play
0: a role. And very good in the air. in this he's very good in yeah. there.
2: Um, and then the wings. Uh, they're I think their most dangerous well, one of their most dangerous players is uh, Mike Trezor he mm-hmm. plays on the left. And um and Muniz, their right back he likes to bomb forward a lot. I worry more about our right side. <clears throat> uh, I think if if Martinez is crazy enough to start BL on the right in this game we're going to have a big problem we're going to have a big problem that I think for me it has to be Masouras it has to be Masouras um, Rodine on the right anything else is going to be a big problem for us we have to find a way to shut them down on that side and I think that's going to be a key, like, key aspect in this game in Karaisu And I was also reading today that Martinez obviously has experience of playing these qualifying games. Like, he did it with Granada. And in all the home-away fixtures that he had, whether it was knockout in the later phases of the Europa League or whether it was in qualification, it was always the home game where he built the foundations for qualification. So that, that adds a little bit more pressure going into, into Thursday's game. But, but again, guys, like, like it or not, our path to the group stage is not littered with rose petals. Right. If we get past Genk, we're likely to play against Ajax. Like we're a pot four team yep. and we'll be pitted against the pot one team. And the draw is tomorrow, by the way. But, yeah. but it's, not, it's not an easy draw. At all.
0: no one thing will look one thing at a time gotta focus on what's in front of us let's'll we'll, you know deal with gank and then if if we get past that then we think about how we approach the next thing but it's um, not something I feel good about another thing costa because um, you, you were bringing up some like weaknesses and strengths so a weakness that I've seen or at least or at least I've seen where we've struggled so far in the friendlies are teams that are able to not just press us, but press us pretty high. We've seen that, and may, and maybe that could have been just growing pains with the transition to Martinez's system, but those games we watched in the friendlies where we had any type of press against us, we looked a little bit more fragile. And Gank can press. I mean, I'm looking, I was looking at their pressing charts, and they, I mean, we're talking, they're averaging 7, 7 passes allowed per defensive action. That is a pretty intense press. Anything under 10 is pretty high. You start getting into the, the, under the eights, under sevens. And in the first half, they're averaging a press that is under six and a half passes allowed per defensive action. That is a very intense press. So that's just another thing. That's just another thing that I'm 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 a little bit worried about. And in the last couple of years, especially towards the end of Mar of uh Pedro Martins' tenure, the one thing the the one kind of like saving grace or one of the saving graces for us, especially when we weren't playing so well, was our I don't want to say mastery, but in the offensive side of things, we were actually pretty good on set pieces. I don't know how we're gonna be on set pieces this year. We weren't really good at them last year. I have a question for you. Sure.
2: What is, what is their X goals against? Did you have a look at that?
0: Because Who, gank?
2: they are yeah, because they they seem super leaky at the back.
0: They are leaky at the back because they're 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 let's just say they're uh uh they're outperforming the, their XG against because if you look at the goals that they've suffered now in, in official matches, we'll say, right? Uh Servette and and UPenn, or UPern, whatever, however you say their name, uh, I'll give you the exact figure right now. Um, So their total XG against is under three. It's actually two point... No, it's right at about three. So it's right at about three, and they've conceded four goals. Versus XG four is eight and a half, and they've scored three goals. So they're, they're underperforming in both facets. You know, they're, they're leaking more goals than they should be, all things considered. More goals than you would expect, all things considered. And they're definitely not scoring as many goals as they should based on the opportunities that they're having. So that's where – that's something where, you know, hey, this is what we need to look on. A lot of – they are leaking in the back. They are leaky on the press. If you can press against them and get pressure forward, maybe that's something Diego Martinez will do. Uh, There are points to be had here. There are results. There, there is a result to be taken from this game. My, my whole thing is this is not going to be easy because this team, even though they're not getting results, they can they can make opportunities for themselves. They can threaten, and I I don't want people expecting that we're getting past this and getting to the playoffs, and all of a sudden you know first leg comes up and we take two or three nothing in that first in that first match that's that that's just my worry about the expectations of this game and and then furthermore if something like that does happen and we end up playing we end up playing awfully or awfully or we end up losing like that all of a sudden this whole rebuild this whole project becomes comes under great scrutiny yeah. and that's what i don't want to happen i really don't want that to happen i i I, it's not that i want us to win and progress into the group stages more i don't want us to lose and then lose the project that's what i'm worried about
1: no one wants that
0: yeah uh I, i don't know how else you guys feel about that but that's like how i see um that's how I see this. Like, I, I, not that I don't want us to progress because... We'll cross
2: that bridge. We'll cross that bridge. Yeah. We can't... Like, I don't think there's any sense right now in talking about what if we lose and what does it mean. Right. I don't think now's the time to talk about that. We'll talk about that if and when. Hopefully not. Uh, I said it before. Even if we do get past Genk, it's going to be a hard game after. Whoever it is, it's a part one team. Yeah. So look, uh, we're we're paying for what we did the last couple of seasons. Last season in particular,
1: mm-hmm. we're paying
2: for it now. We finished fourth in the league. Yep. We finished fourth in the league. That's why we're a pot four team going into this U, um, Europa League qualification. Yeah. So th- th- there's no way of getting around that, guys. It's I think that this is going to be... You know, Genk is not at their best. They are a team, however, that was fighting for the league. At the end of last season, in the 90th minute, the last fixture of the season, they were winning the title. Until, I think it was... Um, until uh, Toby definitely... and T- yeah, Toby uh, Aldeviro would hit that screamer from outside the box and Antwerp won the league in the ninety-second minute. Stoppage time. But Genk were winning the league. So they're not <laughs> they're not an easy team to no. face. Oh, again, I missed I, something.
0: Gosta, I, I, I missed something. I'm sorry. I thought this was a friendly, but this is an official match. They played their their actual season opener was against RWD Molenbeek. Whoever that five is, mil. they won four. They won four nothing, and more. they had an XG of five, five point oh nine.
2: So Mullenbeck is a newly promoted team. Jesus yeah. Christ! So in they're
0: Belgium. so so. Think about that: four games, XG of thirteen over thirteen and a half. Nuts, man! Nuts, not a not a joke, not a joke. Well, boys, we're we're an hour and a half in. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I we've covered all the topics I had for us today. Is that did anybody have anything else they wanted to broach before we go ahead and start to close up?
2: No, start uh-huh. the countdown now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. The time it. between the last friendly and the first European game is very long, very very yeah. long. Yeah, too long.
2: I got something. Oh, go ahead, Gosta. So. Uh, I will be in Athens for the game on on Thursday. Check out socials on Twitter, Instagram, etc. Um, normally, I will be outside the Taekwondo, um, outside the stadium, around 8 o'clock-ish. But check out socials on the day. Anyone that's going to the stadium, if you want to come say hello, uh, it'd be great to meet some of you in person. So that's a good opportunity. So looking forward to meet some of you. Hopefully... On, on Thursday, I've already received quite a lot of messages from people um, that are in Greece on holiday, like me, uh, people that have traveled in from Australia, people that are in from North America, uh, other parts of Europe. So it'll be really fun to to, to get to meet some of you outside the stadium on Thursday.
0: There you have it. And I believe Gustavo the K is going to be there as well, correct? If he's recovered. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If he's recovered. I saw somebody wishing him well from, from COVID. Yeah, he's still recovering. Uh, Still tested positive uh, last we spoke to him as well earlier today. So hopefully he recovers and he's able to do it. Uh, You know what this means, guys. If you're in the area, make sure you say hi to Costa because vlog coming. The content is fantastic. Uh, You guys love those vlogs. So if you want to be in it, say hi. Maybe he'll ask you some questions and you can be on the next one. These things get they get picked up like crazy. So check it out. If you're there, say hi to Costa, hang out. We love seeing you guys when we're there on site. It's always so much fun. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening, especially if you made it this far. This is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. Support us on Patreon because that is live. We went through all the tiers earlier. Uh, You can see it on patreon.com slash gate7international. The link is in our bios on socials, so check it out. Support us, help us get to the next level, and help us evolve to make the best content for you because that's what we are here for. We are here to be a voice for the fans and to create the biggest community that includes all fans of Libyakos. It doesn't matter where you are. Subtitles, Greek, Spanish, French, we usually do for every pre-recorded video, and this will be available sometime tomorrow as soon as the subtitles are generated. So check that out. And... We will see you. Hopefully, we will have um, the pre match with the Belgian Football Podcast. Uh, Hopefully, that comes out early this week. But until then, we'll see you guys.